Morning, church. Now, God is in the process of doing a work. He's in the process of refining, strengthening, and changing. And today, I'm standing on faith. I've got some elements of what God wants to say. And I'm trusting God that it will, it will work out just fine. Okay, so we are in this series. We're looking at the full armour of God from Ephesians 6. So if we can have the scripture up and we'll just read that through together. It's from the NIV today. Feel free to join in. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayer and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. There's some powerful words there, isn't there? So what I'm focusing on today is praying in the Spirit. If we think about what we've just read, what we've done is we've put on the full armour of God. If we follow the sequence of this scripture through, we've stood, we've put on the belt of truth. So we've, we've reminded ourselves of the truth of who God is, of who we are. And having put on the belt of truth, we're then putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Why? Because we're assured of our righteousness in God through Christ. Then we're putting up the shield of faith so that we can extinguish the fiery darts of the, the evil one. That shield of faith that declares and decrees who we are and that God is able. We put on the helmet of salvation with which we can shield our minds, protect our minds, protect our ears and we can ensure that we are our salvation permeates our mind and our personality and enables us to move into the things God has. And then we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, with which we can offensively defeat the powers that come against us. And having put on the armour, what are we then called to do? We're called to stand, to stand firm. And it's only when we've got that armoury on that we can stand in the fullness to enable us to pray in the Spirit. Now sometimes I've heard people reference this scripture as meaning praying in tongues. No, I don't believe it means praying in tongues. I believe it means praying in the Spirit. And I believe that's a different thing, which may include praying in tongues, 
but it also includes lots of other things. So I'm not going to focus, just in case anybody's under any misconceptions, my focus is not on praying in tongues, my focus is on praying in the Spirit, which I believe is a much wider thing. We are, we are called to pray at all times. Verse, verse 11 says, and we put on the full armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So the primary purpose of the armour of God is so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil is a liar, a thief and a cheat. But he's also a deceiver. And he walks around roaring like a lion. He's not a lion, but he pretends to be. And he instills people with fear. And he instills people with a lack of confidence. And he attacks people under whatever their weaknesses are. But we stand firm because our saviour is the lion, the lion of Judah. And that's the difference. The devil would have us believe that he is strong and mighty, but he is this lion. But he isn't. He's nothing. He's under our feet. But the lion of Judah is the banner that we stand under. So when we come into the presence of God, knowing that we are in, we are in this battlefield, as we know, as has been testified through this morning already, we're in a situation where many of us are coming under attack in many different ways. But the armour enables us to stand firmly and pray in the Spirit. So what does praying in the Spirit really mean? Well, firstly, it's about praying in partnership. When you are saved, I'm not going to get really heavily into the theology of this, but when you're saved, your spirit joins with the Spirit of God. And they become one. Okay? Now your spirit is not the same as your heart. It's not the same as your mind. It's not the same as your personality. That's what the Bible would refer to as the soul. The, the mind, the emotions, the personality. That's the soul. That's the bit that one of the songs we sang earlier talked about, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Because we make a decision to bless the Lord. We make a decision to praise God. That comes from our soul, from our, um, our personality, our mind and our emotions. When we pray in the spirit, we pray from the deep place, the spiritual place that is merged with the spirit of God, where we have unity with the spirit of God. That is the same spirit of God that enables us to walk into the heavenly realms. That's the same spirit that enables us to be in the throne room of God. That's the same spirit that allows us to pray in a way that is unified with the heart of the Father. And that's what praying in the Spirit in essence is, I believe. It's where our spirit joined with his spirit. So it's almost like you're rising out from here and it's joining with the spirit. And it's such a vast experience. It gives us access to all kinds of prayer and supplication, as it says in the scripture. Where are you a citizen of? Now, I'm a citizen of UK, but I'm also a citizen of heaven. Yeah. Now, I don't know if any of you have lived in other countries, other continents, but things are done differently usually. There's a different culture that goes with the citizenship. Okay? It's partly understanding the history, but it's actually things are just done differently, aren't they? The way that you walk down the street, the things that you might encounter, the, the order that you might do things in, things that have different meanings. And that's determined by the citizenship different rules. 
We're citizens of heaven, but we are also called to have a foot in both worlds. So while we walk this physical world, we're called to have our spirit connected with the spirit of God in the heavenly realms, intercessing with the Holy Spirit, who's also intercessing, and proclaiming and declaring and waging war in the way that we've been equipped and enabled to do through Jesus and through his sacrifice for us. Okay. So praying in the Spirit is about us moving in a place where we have a foot in both worlds. Yes, I'm in the physical realm, but I'm also in the spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, I have spiritual eyes, I have spiritual ears, I have spiritual um, sense, and I'm able to pick up, I have antenna that are able to pick up and absorb what's going on in the spiritual realm. Jesus, when he was in his earthly ministry, said that he only did what he saw the Father do. Do we only do what we see the Father do? Even in terms of our prayer life, do we only do what we see the Father do? Or do we do what our flesh wants us to do? Do we do what we as humans feel like we need to do? And we're on a journey, there's no condemnation. None of us are perfect and none of us have got that all the time for absolute certainty. But I want to just um, remind us of um, a situation in, in Two Kings where the king of Syria had sent um, his army out and Elisha had seen they were in a battle, in, this is in 2 Kings 6, they were in a battle situation. The king of Syria was against the king of Israel He'd sent the battle, he'd sent the army out, he'd sent the chariots and the horses after Elisha um, because he, he didn't like what was happening. And in the midst of this, Elisha prayed, Lord, open their eyes that they may see. And, he, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There was spiritual intercession taking place that was in the spiritual realm. They couldn't see it in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, there was all the hosts of heaven had come to surround Elisha and to support him, because that was what God was doing on that occasion. Just rearranging the, uh, the papers. So wh where is our focus? Is our focus on the mountains the problems, the barriers that we see around us? Or is our focus on the heavenly realms and what we know God is doing? Elisha saw what God was doing and his prayers in that situation, everything that he prayed was guided by what he saw in the spiritual realm. He prayed in the spirit. And we know that because... His prayers answered what he saw prophetically. So he prayed directly into the situation. When we know what God's doing and we know what's happening, then we can pray differently. I want to tell you a, a, a brief story. Um, a few months ago, while um, my wife and daughter were in, were in Zambia and I was in the UK, there was one night, and I can't remember now whether I woke up or whether I had not yet gone to sleep, but I saw in the spirit realm I saw some kind of smoky sort of wispy kind of substance around my room 
And I thought, well, that's very odd. That's like a bit unusual. It didn't feel demonic. It didn't feel like it was something, you know, because when th odd things happen, I don't know about you, but I, I first reach out my, my discernment and I try and discern through the gift of the Holy Spirit what's going on here. Lord, help me to understand what this is about. You've opened my eyes so I'm seeing this. Help me understand what this is. So what I discerned was that my wife needed prayer. And I didn't know what the detail was, but I was seeing this kind of sort of ethereal, smoky kind of stuff. So I prayed, and I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I went into the spirit realm, and I kept praying. And I kept praying until when? Until I was tired? No. I kept praying until the smoke stopped. Because that was the signal that it is done, it's finished, it's taken care of. My prayers in the spirit have been answered, and it's sorted. Amen. When I spoke to my wife the following day, we compared notes. There'd been an experience she'd had in the house where she was staying, which was her brother's house, that very night, at the exact time when I saw the smoke appear, there had been a fire which hadn't quite become a fire. Somebody had left something cooking and fallen asleep, and the whole kitchen had been filled with smoke. And the room where they were sleeping was next door to the kitchen. And the smoke was beginning to permeate through in that way. The owners of the house were on the other side of the house, far from the smoke. So they were oblivious. Through, I believe, through my prayers and through that praying in the spirit, what happened was they woke up. They woke up, they said, oh. And they went and sorted it and resolved it. When we compared notes, as I say, it was the, it was the same time allowing for a time difference and all the rest of it. So the Holy Spirit said to me, Steve, something's going on, smoke. I didn't know, I, didn't, I couldn't understand it with my mind, but I knew I had to pray in the Spirit over it. And there was an outcome, there was a resolution, because the Holy Spirit was who I was partnering with in my prayer. We have to keep alert it says, it says in the scripture, keep alert with all perseverance. So what is it to keep alert? What are we keeping alert to? Now I started this message saying, you know, the devil is a liar and he pretends to be this big thing that we're, we should be scared of. But we're not scared of him because we have dominion through Christ. But he will pretend, he will he would instill in people often a sense of fear and inadequacy that means that they get worried about the spiritual realm. Because if they see the spiritual realm, if they move in the spiritual realm, what might happen is that they might start seeing demons and seeing things that are worrying and distressing and upsetting. But I'll tell you this, that is a lie from the... I mean, you might see that, but the fact that it is worrying and upsetting and fear-inducing is one of the lies that the devil uses. Why? To keep people out of spiritual warfare. Because if you're not prepared to enter the spirit realm and to deal with what you might see or experience in that situation when you're in spirit, praying in the spirit, you're not going to defeat him. You're not going to cause him any aggro. And therefore, he doesn't have to be worried by you. But we, church, are not going to do that because we are going to pray with all perseverance, keeping alert. I was driving home from London last night 
And there was, at one point on the drive, there was a really big, you know these, um, these mobile phone boost towers, the 4G signal towers? And it was a really big one. It had loads of them, whatever they are. Somebody far cleverer than me, far more technically minded would know what they're called. But all these bits hanging off the tower. And I just looked and I thought, who am I tuned into? Who do we tune into? When we're in the, when we pray in the spirit, we are tuning into the things of God. We're tuning into God's 4G system. And I do believe that God wants to upgrade people's receptors so that we can hear and see and experience that spirit realm in a different way. And I tell you, church, experiencing the spirit realm is not something to be feared. It is not something to be afraid of. Experiencing the spirit realm is something glorious. Elisha opened the eyes of the people around him and they saw the fires of, the, the, fires, the horses and chariots. From, from Elijah's point of view, from the child of God's point of view, it's a glorious situation. He was surrounded by heavenly hosts who were there to support and minister. In Daniel, in Daniel 10, there's a situation where Daniel makes a prayer and he's in the middle of a um, prophetic downloading. But he makes a prayer and he, and he, calls, he calls for help. And the, when the angel comes to him, the angel says, I've been trying to get to you for 21 days. I've been delayed. So for 21 days, the angel had been, trying, had been answering the prayer. From the moment the prayer was breathed, it says, the heavenly realms moved into action to answer that prayer. But Daniel didn't see an impact for 21 days. And at that point, the angel said, I was delayed, and the archangel Michael had to come and give me, give me assistance, because I was being delayed by, by uh, I think it refers to him as the Prince of Persia, but being delayed by evil. So sometimes the spiritual forces do block, or try to block, what the angelic help is. But we've been equipped... We've got the spiritual armour of God. We've got the ability, we've got a mouth which can declare the word of God. We've got the spiritual armour which we can wear. We've got the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, which we can move into battle with and we can strike down the enemy. We don't have to be afraid of what he is doing. As has been brought up prophetically this morning, there are times when people are under attack and there are, at the moment it is about despondency. You know, this week, personally, I've been under all sorts of, of attack. And each time it's like, actually, you have to ask yourself, what's going on here? What is this? Is this an illness caused by a germ? Is this a spiritual attack? On, uh, what day are we on? Sunday, isn't it? On Friday, I suddenly lost my voice at work. For about an hour and a half, I had no voice. Gone. And she's like, okay, what's going on here? Somebody didn't want me to be talking today. Friday night, my temperature went way up. So my throat was scratchy, but I did have a voice. I was coughing, I was spluttering, I was sneezing. The temperature was really high, I was shivering, I was hot. So like, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. So yeah, I took some paracetamol, but I also did battle. And... My temperature came down by morning, by Saturday morning, I was feeling fine. Because I prayed in the spirit, I was prepared to go into the spirit realm and say, what is going on here? What is the cause here? Let's deal with it. 
I've got the armour on. I'm protected. I've got Jesus behind me and before me and around me. I've got angels assigned to me. I have nothing to fear here. So I am not going to be put down. I'm not going to be laid out by the devil and his, and his silly schemes. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to do what needs to be done. We need to pray in the spirit for ourselves, for whatever hunches we get. Not everybody sees in the spirit. Not everybody speaks prophetically, although all can. But if that's not something that you are used to doing, you can still hear, you still hear from God. You know, the Bible is very clear that God speaks to his people. Jesus is the word. How can the word not speak? Yeah. God wants to speak to us more than we want to speak to him. When we pray, is it a one-way conversation? When we pray, do we speak and speak and speak? And say, oh, God, this is so terrible. Oh, Jesus, would you help me with this? Oh, I just don't know what I'm doing with this thing. Or do we say, Lord, this is what's going on for me? Put that at the feet of God. He wants to hear those things. But then do we move on and say, Jesus, what are you trying to show me? Holy Spirit, guide me. What do I need to do about this? Holy Spirit, where do I need to pray? Show me, guide me, teach me. And he'll come in and he'll guide you and he'll teach you. As was said earlier in the service, he's always with us. He's always there. Emmanuel is always there. He's only ever a, a thought away, a breath away. Not even that. He's closer than that. When we join with the Spirit, we do battle in the right way because we're guided by the Spirit of God who knows exactly what's needed. And do you know what? Sometimes doing battle is saying a kind word to somebody. In the moment, in the physical, you might feel upset or angry. And sometimes the spiritual battle is to go and say, oh, I really appreciate what you did that time. Sometimes that's the spiritual battle. It's not all about kind of demon stomping, but that's involved in it too. It's about having that discernment, and that discernment comes through the Holy Spirit. So when we pray in the Spirit, in that partnership with the Holy Spirit, that's when we rise up into a place where we're able to engage in the heavenly realms because we are partnering with somebody who lives full-time in the heavenly realms and is there to help us and to assist us. There was a, um, a situation a, a while ago that some of you know, and I'm not going to get into the, the very, very detail of it, but a young, a young boy who had been um, quite seriously hurt um, through an accident and had been praying along with a lot of others um, for a while around that. On one particular day, the Holy Spirit just opened my eyes to something and I kind of just, I just saw really clearly that this, that, that he was just, he was just held, he was just protected. And do you know what, in that moment, I absolutely knew with a certainty that there was going to be a healing, a physical healing. I absolutely knew it because I saw it and I, in the spirit realm, I knew that that was what was happening. And I prayed into that, and there was some stuff that I particularly prayed into to um, release and to, to intercess around. I'm not going to share the details, are not important. And I, I'm sure that the way that God works, he doesn't line up with one person. God will have had many people 
revealed something similar on that same day or the same few days. Because you know what, a couple of days later was a turning point, things started to move around. And it is not by coincidence. And I'm not saying this is nothing about me. This is about me trying to walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit was nudging me and saying, there's this thing. And I moved in in obedience to that. So, okay, how do I pray into that? What do I need to pray? Help me in my prayers. It says in, um, in, in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit um, helps us and he intercedes for us. He prays, even when we don't have words, he will help us with utterings and with groanings. So the times when we, there are times when things are even beyond any words. They're even beyond speaking in tongues. There's just something that's so deep inside. And there are times when that groan just comes out. But you know what? Sometimes that deep, heartfelt, spirit-led utterance, can, it can shake a mountain because it is, a, it is a rima word of God that moves right into the heart of a situation. And the word of God consistently does what? It makes something happen. The word of God does not return void. The word of God, when it's sent out, it does what it's intended to do. So I want to encourage you that praying in the spirit is something that we all can do, we all should do, and it's really fundamentally about partnering with the Holy Spirit. And if you've not done it before, you've not sort of had that two-way conversation in prayer, I encourage you to do that, to spend time in prayer, not just talking to God, but listening to God too. See where God leads you to in, in the Bible, in his word. See what thoughts come to you. Sometimes people think that when they pray, thoughts that come in are distractions sent by the devil. Well, sometimes maybe they are. But oftentimes I've found thoughts that creep into my mind when I'm praying that are stopping me from concentrating are often the very thing I need to pray into. They're often actually a bit of guidance telling me, you need to just clear this bit first. You need to just move these pebbles out of the way before you can get to that gold that lies beneath. Don't be discouraged, is the, is the word on that. Don't be discouraged when you're praying and you're, if you're starting that journey of listening to what God's saying or trying to open yourself up to, okay, how would you have me pray into this? What else do I need to do? Lord, what do I need to know from you? What are you saying to me? I've spoken to you. I want to listen to you. If you get what appears to be random thoughts, go with them. See where they land. See where they go. Pray into them. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Yeah, God is God is God, and he knows what he's doing. And oftentimes it makes no sense. Oftentimes it makes no sense. There was a time two or three years ago when I was living in a place we had an oil-filled heating system, and I ran out of oil. I had COVID. I got an oil delivery, but the boiler wouldn't restart. What I'd normally do to make the boiler restart wasn't working. And there was no plumber, and it was like January. It was about, I don't know, minus 25, what it felt like. Um, it was probably about three degrees. It was cold, and I had no heating, and I had no hot water. I was praying, and I was praying, and I was praying. And do you know what? I still had no heating and no hot water. And I was thinking, what's going on here? And what God told me was actually... Sometimes there are things you think you need, you don't need them. Put a jumper on. 
you know, and I'm not saying that God couldn't have healed the situation because he could have. And he could have arranged it for a plumber to agree to come out to the house. A plumber came about two weeks later once I finally got a negative COVID test, which seemed to take forever. But in the meantime, you make alternative arrangements, you do alternative things. And in that particular situation, the Lord was saying, you know, it's about, it's about other things. It was about resilience, it was about other stuff that he was showing me and teaching me. So not every prayer will immediately be answered straight away. Daniel, 21 days. Yeah, sometimes there's a process, sometimes there's a learning, sometimes there's a stretching, and sometimes there's something else needs to happen before the miracle can step in. But actually, it's all part of the miraculous. But we won't know that unless we're praying in the Spirit. If we're not praying in the Spirit, we'll feel like stuff's just happening to us and blowing us over this way, that way. We're succumb to the things, the influences around us. If we have that prayerful mind in spirit realm, then we know, oh, okay, all right, that's what you do. Okay, then, all right, fine. I, I'll let you do that then, because obviously you're God, and I'm not going to not let you do that, but I understand why I've got to go through this now. So that makes, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. And there are other times when, like I said, when, you know, the wispy stuff appearing in my room, there are other times when you absolutely have to intercede for something. But it's about knowing which is which. And we know which is which when we pray in the Spirit. The final bit of the, of the, the scripture in verse 17 is that it, it talks about making supplication for all the saints and pray for each other. We need to be tuning in to each other. We're a body, we're a family. We're one piece of the body of God, of the Church of Christ. And we need to be mindful of where each other are at. If somebody looks a bit down, they look a bit tired, just check in with them, how are you doing? Have a prayer session for them. Just say, what's happening? Holy Spirit, is there something you'd have me pray for this person? That's what it is to be part of the body of Christ, where we join with the Holy Spirit. He will give you the right strategy for that particular moment. He'll always give you the right strategy. When David went into battle with Goliath, he gave him the right strategy. In that particular moment, David knew what he had to do. The young David with a slingshot to fire the stone and the giant dropped. It was one strategy at the right time because it was given by God. When we pray in the spirit, we will we join with the spirit in that battle. We'll always find the right way in the spiritual realm because we're in partnership with the Most High God. So I encourage you all to pray, think about your prayers, pray in, the, in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Take your prayer to a new dimension and you'll see what God can do.